verse 8. Now, your majesty, please establish the decree and sign a document that cannot be changed according to the law of Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. That is why King Darius signed the written decree. So this idea of the laws of the Medes and Persians can't be revoked plays a big part in this book and in what other book of the Bible? Jameis? Esther. Esther. Yeah, what, what happens in Esther? Excellent, excellent. So uh, just to paraphrase, uh, that's, that was perfect, Jameis. So the king is led by a, an enemy of the Jews named Haman to make this law that the, that the people can attack the Jews on a certain day. Um, and it, it just happens that by a fall of the dice, that day is the farthest possible day out. It's 11 months away when this will be able to happen. They throw the dice. What are the dice called in Esther? Yeah, the Purim. One is a poor and two are a Purim. So that's why the holiday is called the Purim later on. The lots that are cast or the dice that are rolled. And um, uh, the, uh, uh, the king realizes he's been tricked or duped. And since he can't repeal the law, he goes around it by making another law that says, oh, but the Jews can defend themselves. So he, and he kind of passes out swords. And that's, that's how he gets around it. This is not this king. That's a later king, Xerxes. Um, Xerxes' uh, other name, by the way, in, in, in Hebrew is um, Ahasuerus. Do you know anybody named Ahasuerus? He's in our hymnal. There's a, a hymn writer in the 1800s named Ahasuerus Fritch. And every time we sing that, that hymn, I think, oh, there, there he is. There's Ahasuerus. That's Xerxes. Um, not a lot of people name their children Ahasuerus or Xerxes these days, do they? I always forget. I knew you were going to ask me that, and I, I don't remember. However, you can look him up because his last name is Fritch. And you can look him up in the, in the author's index in the back of any hymnal. But it's the current red hymnal um, that, 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 that he's in. But I, I think of him every time we sing that. And it's a pretty common hymn. We sing it all the time. I mean, every year at least. Um, so, okay. Now, when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went to his house. It had windows on its upper story that opened toward Jerusalem. That original text makes it sound as if the windows were built specifically to open to Jerusalem. Like this was intentional. When Daniel had the apartment made, he wanted the windows that opened. By the way, what direction from Babylon would Jerusalem be? How's your geography? If Jerusalem is in Minnesota, Babylon would be in Michigan. So the windows from Michigan would have to face what direction to get to Minnesota? Left or west. Yes, that's exactly right. Good. So that's, that's the direction. Very good. Three times each day he would get on his knees and pray and offer praise before his God. He continued to do that just as he had been doing before this. So why three times a day? Do you pray three times a day when you do anything? Yeah, table prayer. He could have been doing that. Yeah, uh, the, the, the Jews offered sacrifice only twice a day, you know, morning and evening sacrifices. doesn't seem to be sacrifice. Um, I also pray before I do something in particular each day. 
go to bed, um, and get up in the morning. And if I lived in a hot climate like Babylon, what might I do in the middle of the day? Take a nap. Yeah. Uh, now, Luther didn't write a siesta prayer. He only wrote a morning prayer and an evening prayer. Because the Germans don't do siestas. But, uh, but if, if, if Luther had been Spanish, he might have written a siesta prayer as well. Um, some of us do take a siesta occasionally. Probably should more often. But, uh, but, uh, so maybe it was a siesta prayer that uh, he was saying. But he did three. And uh, by the way, are, are his windows glass? I doubt that there's glass. Um, and so who can hear him? Yeah. In fact, um, it kind of makes me think because the prayers wouldn't have been done quietly. Daniel would have been praying loudly. Daniel may have even been chanting his prayers. What does that remind you of? Guy way up in the air with an open window chanting prayers three times a day. It does sound like a Muslim chanting on the minaret, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and maybe there is something very similar about, about the way Daniel was doing it. Um, of course, this wasn't a Muslim thing. When did, the, when did Islam begin in relation to the book of Daniel? It's a thousand years later. Yeah. So, but kind of reminds me of that, and maybe that's the mental picture uh, that some have. It certainly is. from In, in Daniel's case, though, if you're going to turn your mind to, to God's temple, might it be logical to turn your body that way too? You know, I kind of think that that's kind of natural. Verse 11. Then these men came as a group and found Daniel praying and seeking favor from his God. Do you think they knocked on the door? No, what was this? Aha! Right? Yeah. Or, or, or if, you, if, you, if you pardon the expression, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. They just burst into the room and, and, and there they were and, and found Daniel. It also kind of suggests since they burst into his bedroom that probably it wasn't all 120 satraps. Um, that would have, yeah. Uh, What's the Marx Brothers movie where they're all in the tiny suite in the ocean liner? Night at the Opera. Night at the Opera. And they open the door and they all pile out and the yeah, and they all fall out. Yeah. <laughs> then they went and asked the king about the decree. Your majesty, did you not sign a decree that anyone who prays to any god or person for 30 days except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the den of lions? And the king answered, indeed I did. The order is established as a law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. Now I read that as if the king wasn't very happy. I don't know what the king's emotion is here, but I'm not sure that he was very happy about this. But they responded to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, so they finger him as a Jew, does not pay attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree that you signed. Instead, three times each day, he is praying his prayers. So shame, shame on you, Daniel, for praying. Um, when the king heard this report, he was very upset about it, but he was determined to save Daniel. So until sunset, he worked hard to rescue him. Okay, you're king of the Persians. 
um, your pal has just been exposed because of your law and you get until sunset to try to rescue him, what are you going to do? Smuggle him out of the country is one of the four that I came up with. Was that her? Hide him somewhere. <laughs> That's kind of like telling the genie I want three more wishes. I'm not sure that you can get away with that one. I came up with these four. You could try to circumvent the law somehow, some way. You could set Daniel free or hide him some way. You could arm Daniel, which they came up with this morning. They could give Daniel a sword or something like that. Or you could remove the lions from the den. I thought about that one too. He has to go in the lion's den, but the lions don't have to be there. Or maybe just the cubs, meow, you know, can be there or whatever. Um, uh, or, or maybe I'm going to send my soldiers in to kill all the lions first. Then Daniel can, you know, whatever it is. There could be a way. But the king doesn't do any of these things. The, the king can't. I'm going to go back to verse 15. Is it 15? Yes, I didn't, which I didn't read. Then these men came as a group to the king. The, um, Daniel's Aramaic here. The, they, they thronged to the king. They, so a lot of them came, come now. They, they came as a group to the king and kept saying to the king, that's also interesting, they kept on saying to the king. They said and said and said, you know, your majesty, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that every decree or statute that the king establishes cannot be changed. We would get a better feel for this if we all read this slightly out of unison. What it was like to, should we do that once? Should we just do that? So don't read exactly with me, but you know what I'm trying to say? So, you know your majesty that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that every decree or statute that the king establishes can be, you know your majesty that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that every decree or statute, enough, right, the king says. Ah, so, then the king gave the order and Daniel was brought and thrown into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. Now, I, I just want to ask, uh, so we have a mental picture, because the text gives us a clue a little bit later. What did the lion's den look like? Um, could it, because we also know that there was a, an opening small enough that they could put a stone over it, and it would cover it up. So, Deb? When I was reading this last night, I was thinking for a stone. Oh, Excellent. So Deb just gave us two pictures that are equally valid and, and, and fit the text. Nice job. So one is that it could be like into a hillside with a, an entryway that you could roll a big stone in front of like the tomb of Jesus. And the other one maybe like the stone could be up on top and he would go down. And there I'm thinking of a contemporary of Daniel's, the prophet Jeremiah, who ends up in a dry cistern, which is like a bottle underground. Uh, where there's a narrow opening up on top and then, um, and then you go down. Or if you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's a moment when he drops into, he's going to find a place called the Well of the Souls and he drop, to find the map room, he goes into a cave from a narrow opening up on top and, and, and finds this place, kind of like that. And, there, and the purpose of the stone, I think, then, is maybe not so much 
to keep Daniel from getting out, because I don't think once he's in there, he's not going to get out, but maybe to keep from somebody giving him any help. So to make sure that he stays there or doesn't get any help while he's there. But we're going to find out that the king can also go in to the door and kind of look in. So was there like a side entrance, even if it was something that was from the top down, there's some kind of a side entrance where you can at least see in. Maybe had bars on it, but they put a stone over that to, you know, keep from watching or helping or so that nobody could throw him a spear or anything like that. When the rancor is going to kill Luke. Yeah, right. Not everybody knows all these things, but there's a, yeah, but there's a, that, that half of the room knows the reference and, and, and once again, Mark is in the and is undecided. So, yes, yeah, right. So we have that top-down aspect of it at the end of the chapter too. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. So the the yeah. So the king ends with this prayer. Daniel has been thrown in. He's in there now, and the king wishes him well. You know, I really hope. And then we get to verse 17, a curious verse. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the pit. The king sealed it with his signet ring and the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing could be changed with regard to Daniel's situation. What does that remind you of? Jesus' tomb. I have never preached on Daniel 6 for Easter Sunday. But um, there are some parallels here, and that's interesting. Um, I'm not sure it's what, it's what any of you would expect on Easter Sunday. Maybe Easter 2 or Easter 3, I could throw Daniel 6 in there, huh? We'll see this year. Um, or a good Friday. Well, there's a lot to do on Good Friday without getting to Daniel. But... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe for Treore, uh, uh, one year of the three-hour service, we could do prophecies that match things, you know, uh, the, um, the um, shadows and fulfillments or something like that. To Think about that. This could be one of those. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention that the word here in Aramaic for the pit is not the word for pit that is translated hell. It's the word for pit that's simply gov um, or guva, um, just a, a, a pit. Um, in First Chronicles 11, one of Davies, David's, Davies, like we went to school together, one of, yeah, um, one of King David's mighty men goes into a pit on a snowy day to kill a lion. Yeah, so something like this. I was discussing Chronicles with Pastor Scharf earlier today. We were talking about who wrote Kings and who wrote Chronicles. Um, that's the kind of question that sometimes I'm faced with in things people ask me about. Any ideas here on who wrote Kings and who wrote Chronicles? Well, but not with pen. He inspired them. Um, in our circles, it is often speculated that Isaiah the prophet may have written Kings. First and Second Kings. Um, that's partly because some of the last chapters of Second Kings are identical to some of the chapters of Isaiah. 
um, the historical bridge, chapters 36 to 39. Um, and uh, exactly the same wording. And uh, that uh, with regard to Chronicles, the same thing happens with the prophet Jeremiah. Some of the last verses of, of Chronicles are identical to some things in Jeremiah. So it might be that those two prophets are, the, are responsible for those books, but don't know. Books of the Old Testament are usually named after, if not the guy who wrote them, like Jonah, Micah. They're often named after the opening words of the book. Like, uh, 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 is it Numbers? That's Vayadabar, in the wilderness, that kind of thing. And, but the opening words of Chronicles, First Chronicles 1.1 1, 1 is Adam, Seth, Enosh. So it, 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 it's, it's given a name in Greek, parapolemonon, so, which kind of means chronicles, but that's all. All right, let's, uh, well, let's finish up the book here. The king went to his palace. He spent the night without food, and no entertainment was brought before him, but he could not sleep. So whatever is meant by entertainment, Luther kind of drifts here toward no drinking. Other people have other ideas, maybe no music, no play that night, no TV, um, no dancing girls, no harem, whatever it might happen to be. No entertainment is just all we have. But at dawn the king arose and as soon as it was light, hurried to the lion's den. The king needs to know what happened to Daniel. So he hurries there as soon as it was light. As he came near the pit, he cried out in a fearful voice. And the king said to Daniel, this is before he can even see down in he's, as he's running up. Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve continually, able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke with the king, your majesty, may you live forever. So there's his answer already, right? Daniel answers. And then Daniel continues. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because he found me innocent in his presence. Also before you, your majesty, I have committed no crime. So uh, what did, what, what's Daniel's explanation? What happened? Well, specifically, in the text, what happened? An angel shut the mouths of the lions. So protected by an angel who, who um, uh, 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 Sagar, um, is the, not it's like you're smoking a cigar, but the, the cigar, you shut the mouth, uh, the mouths of the lions. And I love this picture. Um, this is by a guy named Brighton Riviera. Um, I like this one because in this picture, Daniel looks his age, doesn't he? In fact, Daniel looks exactly like um, my late father-in-law. Uh, uh, Cass dad passed away two summers ago, and this is exactly what he looked like. Um, just and not the robe, but uh, everything else um, is just what Pastor Meyer uh, looked like. Uh, um, and I, I, so I like this. Is also an interesting picture because it's so clean. Uh, not what I would expect of a lion's cage, but it's brick, stone floor, and Daniel. the The door of the pit kind of goes upward toward the left there, right? Like he's thrown down in there. And what do you see on the floor besides just lions? Just a couple of bones. There's not really anything else there. So, say that again. 
Well, that's an interesting question, had they fed the lions, because some commentators who are skeptical about this story think that they must have just fed the lions before Daniel went down. So full tummy means an easy night. Um, But what happens the moment they take Daniel out? They throw other guys down there that get eaten right away, so that kind of falls apart right away. By the way, there's a painting, we don't have a lot of time, but there's a painting, I won't show it to you, there's a painting by Michelangelo, who I think had never seen a lion, because he makes all of his, lions look like cats, right? They're cats. Michelangelo makes them look like puppies, with big lolling tongues, and big round eyes, and kind of frilly things, like you dressed up a puppy as a lion, and he just painted that. That's, I don't know if he was just being silly, but it's in the Sistine Chapel, I don't know, but other things he'd really well with, but not as lions. Okay, then the king was very glad and said to Daniel should he be, that, that Daniel should be brought up from the pit. So Daniel was brought up from the pit and he was unharmed because he trusted in his God. Probably he was brought up the way that Jeremiah was from the pit with ropes and Jeremiah even had ropes and um, rags so it didn't cut into his arms as he was drawn up. And Daniel was an old guy. You know, um, can you think of another miracle where somebody is saved from being hurt or killed by a critter? Say it again. Jonah, Jonah right? Swallowed, but later vomited, right? Have I taught you the Hebrew word for vomit yet in class? Oh, you should learn this. It's kia. <laughs> but you, would you say that for me? Say that back. You got to do that with your tongue. Kia. <laughs> That's the Hebrew word for, for vomit or throw up. So, okay. Um, it's, it, it's called an onomatopoeia. It sounds like what it is. Like crack, snap, crunch. Yeah. Yeah. Television. Says what it is. Um, also, um, I'm thinking, I, I thought of the plagues in Egypt. Some of them did not affect the Israelites, but they affected the, 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 um, the Egyptians and so forth. And although it's not an animal, Jesus went into the crowd at, Jerusalem, at Nazareth. They tried to throw him off the cliff and he was not affected by that at all. Rescued from the mob, the monster of the mob and so forth. I wanted to say something about uh, an angel in the Apostolic Fathers called Thegri, but another day we'll get, back, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, uh, don't have to talk about that now. Where are we? This one? Yeah, the king gave the order and those men who maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den. They, their children, and their wives. They had not reached the bottom. This is the, quote, the, the verse you were quoting, Mark, isn't it? They had not reached the bottom of the pit when the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. So uh, this is the way you did vengeance in ancient times. Darius, oh, the, the satraps, the, the, what, what Darius was worried about is will, the, will one of these satraps' kids grow up and take revenge on me? You know? How do you keep that from happening? You ever seen the good, the bad, and the ugly? Well, that's the plot point. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling that for you too, but uh, <laughs> is, uh, is uh, you, 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 you gotta kill the kid. That's, that was their idea. Now, Hebrew law, completely different. What do we learn about in, in Hebrew law, in the law of Moses? Not punishing the children for the sins of the fathers. 
So it was unique. But in Persian law, you, you took out the whole family. Just to keep from, from later on. Yes? I think it was Nathan Bedford Forrest. What should we do with them? Kill them. Kill them all. Was his answer. Yeah. So that was there. It was, it was cruel. It was vicious. It was, you have to say, thorough. Um, but they did all of it. And then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in the entire earth. May your peace and prosperity increase. I have given this command throughout my royal dominion. People should continually tremble and be afraid before the God of Daniel. Not commanding that they worship him, but don't diss him. Um, because he is the living God who endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion is eternal. He rescues and saves. He works one, signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. So he saved Daniel from the power of the lions. That's a beautiful passage. Um, so this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius. That is, during the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Um, that's how the chapter ends for us. I'm sorry that the evening is already over. Um, I was going to talk about uh, applying this. And maybe you can think about this. Is when we are attacked, um, God will take care of us. Um, um, in whatever way. Let's close with a benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.